Hey guys, this is Mr. Social Leads, and thank you for listening to the Quarantine Life Podcast. This podcast was created for you to help you adapt to all things COVID-19. Since we were unable to meet with our guest speakers, all conversations were recorded via Zoom. The audio and video of this podcast are not at the highest standards, but what I want you to do is challenge yourself to get past that point and listen to the conversation that takes place as I truly believe that it will help you during your time in quarantine. Thank you for tuning in. To all my listeners, welcome to a mini-series segment dedicated to the quarantine life. I'm your host, Mr. Social Aids, and since I'm practicing social distancing, we'll be speaking to Astawa Alam via Zoom. He's a digital marketing specialist, entrepreneur, founder of DXM Creative, which is a marketing company that specializes in web design. And what I found most interesting is that he's heavily involved in raising Brampton up. What's going on, Hasoa? How you doing? Hey, what's good? I'm good, man. I'm good. Awesome. So today we'll be discussing all things COVID-19, how it's affected us, what we've learned from it, and how we're adapting to the changes. This is a perfect opportunity for everyone listening to get involved in the conversation, network with our guests, and at the same time, learn a few tips and tricks to adapt to the quarantine life. So Astawa, it's been a month since um, quarantine life has started. How are you doing during this pandemic? Week five, man. I think we're going to week five tomorrow. You know, there's a meme at the beginning of all this. I said, uh, check up on your extrovert friends during this time. And it was a joke, but I'd be lying if I said I'm not feeling it right now. Like I, I miss uh, going outside, socializing with people. I miss eating out. Uh, it's It's been tough, but on, on everything else, man, I'm having a blast. Work from home being remote, I'm getting way more done. My head's way more clear. I'm taking this time to like uh, change my space to make it to a place I want to be. So quarantine so far has been good. I like, I like good. that you mes- mentioned uh, extroverts and checking up on them because I actually did that yesterday. I was going through my Instagram and I noticed mm-hmm. some friends that I haven't really seen active. So I literally sent them a, a video message and I'm like, hey man, what's going on? How are you doing? And some of them were actually not doing that well. And I was like, I'm so glad I checked in and just made sure you're okay. So anyone listening to this, definitely something that you should make, basically pause this episode yeah. and message your friends. and Set up your extrovert friends, man. Exactly. Because we're all missing them. Something that we've been doing, my friends and I, we have been, uh, we've been doing Netflix parties. Uh, so you can get a Chrome extension so you can all watch Netflix at the same time. Uh, we've been playing some games online too. Of course, these Zoom calls as well. So anything and everything to just have some of that socialization is super important. Yeah, for us, we've been doing like Instagram uh, DM videos. It's you can do only do up to six people, but it actually makes it more exciting because we're like, there's I think there's twelve of us in the group, and we're like first six people to answer their phone. So now people are just waiting. <laughs> like, so it's fun because uh, it, I feel like I've even with my friends just in general, we've been having deeper conversations and just been talking to them more and just really. Because what else are you gonna do? Exactly, and I think um, as I know, as busy as you are and as busy as I am. When I do speak to friends, it's very like sporadic where it's like, hey, when we see them at a party or randomly, whatever it is. And I notice we just talk about the highlights of our life during those times because we don't really have a time to really sit down and really go into conversation Mm -hmm. Um, because of COVID-19. Now I find that the first week was like, yeah, um, I'm excited or I'm scared, this, this, this. And now we're having conversations. You're settling in, right? Settling in. And now it's like, hey, I spoke to you for the last 30 days, like, what else can and, and like we're just digging into deeper conversations like how they feel and like yeah what they want to do and it's it's an exciting time um i know are you finding that are you finding that people that you didn't used to talk to a lot 
Yeah, she's reaching out to now and, re and talking oh, to. Well, yeah, well, I was speaking to Ange about that yesterday and we were just kind of saying like, hey, haven't you noticed this one has been much more talkative to both of us recently? And like, it was a couple of friends that we were actually like- They must be bored. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't even put it like that. But I think, I think now's the perfect time to one, reconnect with friends that you haven't. Um, just be more, I think it's so crazy that they're asking us to social distance, but in fact, I've been more social of anything. So mm -hmm. um, the perks, I think one of the perks of being socially distancing right now is being more social, being more active on social media, just kind of engaging with people. Um, I know that you are working from home now. You had told me that your desk setup and all that is something new to you. Um, yes. How is working from home right now? And maybe if you can give some tips or just to be a little more productive and efficient. I know you're all about work ethics. So I think this yeah. is where you can really help someone listening. Just kind of be able to adapt to working from home now. Yeah. I mean, before all this, um, I wasn't a stranger to work from home. I worked from home basically my whole life um so it's it's not that it's not anything new to me but what was new to me and i think is challenging for a lot of people is the whole being unleashed now like you don't have a leash you don't have a boss or whatever uh looking over your shoulder you don't have coworkers around you it's just you you're responsible for getting up getting to work on time you're responsible for being here for how many hours of the day and getting your stuff done too so i think that's the biggest shift for a lot of people and a couple of tips that I had that I gave on my Instagram story on this too is that it helps to still incorporate some of that social part of that work too. So starting your day, checking out, checking in with your team, seeing what's, what's up, what they're working on, uh, laying a plan for the day too. So something I'm a big fan of, um, even without working from home and, and being quarantined, is planning your days before you start them. Human beings are weird in that we don't know what to do unless we're told what to do. And a good way to tell yourself what to do is to tell your future self what to do. So a style today can tell a style tomorrow, here's what you got to do. So tomorrow's a style wakes up with instructions on what, what needs to be done today. And what happens when you have a to-do list or you're told what to do is that you're not spending any time dilly-dallying and, and you're not wasting any willpower or energy decision-making on what to do. Because that, it's hard. Decision-making and picking out what's going to happen today and arranging your schedule while, it's in, while the day's clock is running, that takes both time and energy. But if you can serve that by planning your day ahead of time, you can hit the ground running and get more working faster. So the second tip I would have is to pre-plan your days and structure them as well. With the structuring, something that I found challenging was actually uh, during these past few weeks is the whole idea of multitasking and switching a lot of buckets very, very quickly. I know you do a lot of multitasking too, maybe triple tasks sometimes as well. And personally, I've found that doing very small tasks in a short amount of time is distracting for me. If in the span of 40 minutes, I'm jumping from one email to an Excel sheet, to a website, to a doc, and this and that, I'm, I have all these trains of thoughts that are just going in all these different directions, and it's not very productive. So those kind of busy work areas, I try to put into, I, I try to put in chunks for later in the day because the earlier hours of the day are my more creative hours and I can protect those. So for those hours, I try to build out chunks of work. So things that I'll be doing for at least an hour and a half or two hours and have those back to back instead of seven things happening in 40 minutes, one thing happening for an hour or two. So chunking my time has been really good too. And that's something I knew I learned because of this as well. Um, another thing I would say is make sure you close your days too. 
So because we're working from home, it's really difficult to delineate when the workday ends and when our personal day begins or when our evening begins or when it's okay to start Ozark playing. So knowing when you're ending your day, you can, you can make that happen for yourself by actually closing up your day. So taking a journal, taking some piece of paper, or a product management tool, whatever it is, and just outlining what you accomplished today and then again, laying out your plan for tomorrow. What that's also good at is transparency with your team during this time. Because we're all working from home and there's way less accountability, no one knows if you're getting done what you said you were gonna get done or, or how far things have gotten to. So it's very important to be transparent with your team during this time because this, we don't know when it's gonna end, hopefully soon, but this can also be kind of an audition of sorts for your team to see what kind of person are you? Are you actually full of integrity? Are you accountable? Are you going to be doing the things that you say you're going to be doing? Yeah. Super wow. interesting. Those are amazing tips. I'm like, right in my head, I'm like, I need to write these down, but I know I have this. <laughs> this is something that I will definitely uh, take away. But um, what I wanted to just kind of add on was um, how you plan your day. So, you know, me too. I, I mentioned before that I'm very organized in the sense where like, yo, I'm doing I'm doing, I have my day scheduled for 16 hours of the day, literally from like 9am or 8am till midnight. So it's a mm -hmm. long day I do. But with that being said, I actually, because, and I love how you said having different chunks. So you do the longer things in the morning and you do mm -hmm. the shorter things at night. So, and that comes down to knowing yourself and coming down to how yeah. you operate best and the thing with that is like, even me, like I used to put, so I'm the actual opposite. I like to do my quick things in the morning because I think I'm just mm -hmm. more energized in the morning. So I'm out there, boom, 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 just answering emails, whatever it is, those small tasks. But at one point I was just doing stuff randomly. Like I was like, okay, yeah. I'm here. And I wasn't as one productive and I wasn't giving my best workout. And at, once I started to really understand how I work, I found that it was such a change. Um, one thing I can add to that is, now that we are at home and now that you're so even talking about closing your day and not being able to figure out like when work is done and when your life starts. Yeah. Um, and I know you're, you have that entrepreneur spirit and you are an entrepreneur. Um, don't you find that, like, or I find it myself that we're working all the time and it's sometimes I have problems to like shut down my entrepreneur life and just live the life of my family my girlfriend, my dog, whatever it is. I found myself burning out much. So what I do during yeah. my day is I like, I, I work in 20 minute intervals. So I do new tasks every 20 minutes. I like short periods of time just because I know I have a deadline and I have to get it done. And then I actually have a, a review period afterwards in the day, just to kind of make sure that I was on the right path. Sometimes you have to drop something, let it be for a bit and come back to it to get those mm -hmm. thoughts. During that 20 minutes though, I basically structure where it's like, 15 to 18 minutes of work. And then there's like a two minute, two, two to three minute downtime or five minute yeah. downtime where I just kind of recollect and just start understanding. I'm like, okay, ready to get to the next, next task. But I love ex everything you said about that. I think staying organized right now is the biggest thing because it's weird that we're stuck at home now. And I feel like we've gotten a little more responsibility with either work or just being productive. Like you said, there's no one to tell you stuff to do. And like now, that, now that's that time. With, in terms of COVID-19, I didn't get to ask you this yet, but how has it affected you? And how are you adapting to those changes? Honestly, we're lucky to be a digital company that's always put digital first and our work has never been location-based or tied to a certain time or even time zone 
uh, for that matter too. So COVID-19 hasn't really affected us. Um, on, on the flip side, actually, we've been getting uh, more business right now because businesses are realizing that, and, and it's sad that it, this is what it took for them to realize, but businesses are realizing that I've got to be digital first. I've got to be decentralized, not tied to a single location. I've got to be on 24-7, 365 somewhere, and that's on the web. So for us, it's not affected us at all. Obviously, less in-person meetings, no in-person meetings and all that. Um, on the speaking side of things, definitely not doing events or anything like that, too. But largely blessed to be unaffected. Awesome. That's, that's actually great to hear. Unfortunately, not everyone is as lucky as yeah. you. And there's so many people right now. And I'm sure that most of the people listening to this have been affected in some sort of way. And I know, like I said, I was going through, I did my research on you. I, I actually asked a couple of people about you and I'm like, yo, give me some dirt about him. Give me some, oh, no. <laughs> give me some stuff that he's great at. And we're going we're gonna to discuss all that today. But um, just for people that have been affected by COVID-19, whether it is their job or just um, not like you, we were talking about extroverts and not being able to go out. If you had to say something to them, what would that be right now? Maybe some like reassurance for them or just kind of something to help them stand up during these times i would say first and foremost uh don't worry about your gut we're all going to come out of this with a with no six facts no abs or anything so don't worry about that um something i would say to them right now is that if, if you are you know if you are privileged enough to be in a position where first and foremost you've got the internet and if you're lucky enough to uh, not be worrying too much about money We've been granted this time of being at home with less responsibilities, with less demands on our time. This is a gift of time that we, we usually don't get. We've never gotten five weeks of uninterrupted being at home, unleashed, your own flow, your own time. You can go by your day, your own way. We never, ever get this. So for people who are freaking out about, you know, being home and all that, make the most of this because you don't know when you're going to get it again. And for all my experts, people who are stuck at home and that worrying, like this is a really good time to brush up on the social skills, uh, learn some new uh, soft and hard skills too for your work as well. And like you mentioned earlier, like reconnect with your friends. Like since we're not going out, since there's less news in the world now, there's less TMZ, there's less gossip, except for Drake. Um, there's less of that. Now is a good time for us to connect with our friends and catch up on things that we've been brushing off. Like I know personally for me and my friend group, we have a couple of group chats. Um, we're always checking in with each other and sharing new memes. Uh, one of my friends, he lives in Vancouver. He's learning how to cook, make bagels. Um, my friends learned that I actually know how to like, crack eggs and fry eggs and stuff too. So it's a good time to get to know each other a lot closer. And it's a good time to clean your house too. My house is spick and span now. <laughs> For sure. Speaking about social skills. So one of the things that someone had told me, like I said, I, I it's funny. So anyone listening to this, Astawa and I recently connected, I think during, during the COVID-19, I feel like we may have known each other a little bit before that, but like COVID-19 is where we actually connected. So I had to do my research on you because you were, mm -hmm. you were basically the only guest that I really didn't know on a more personal level. Something I found out was that, and I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to witness it myself, but I heard from a very credible source that you are one of the best at Instagram stories and just <laughs> portraying your personal branding. So that being said, like I said, I haven't had the, the opportunity to witness this amazing personal branding and just getting your message out there. But if you yeah. had to, like we were just talking about having people having more time and people working on their social skills, mm -hmm. maybe drop them some tips or just 
a tip on personal branding on how to engage with your audience and maybe right. how to build a more loyal and engaging following. All right. So to jump into a mini uh, personal branding masterclass with Kaifer and Estella. So something again, core theme here is that we've been granted a lot of time to do things that we've been brushing off for a long time. And right now, if you have the opportunity to be at home with less demands on your time, you have this opportunity right now to create a catalog of work. And that's something that I'm doing. It's something that, something that I regret not doing earlier. Now that we're doing this, if you spend the next, we don't, let's say we're in here until July, August, if you spend the next um, eight, eight to 12 weeks, just laying out your thoughts, building a catalog of work on Medium, on your personal website, on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, you can come out of this hitting the ground running. You can come out of this with a good body of work behind you that shows that Astawa knows about personal branding, he knows about productivity, he knows about uh, leadership, he knows about building business, all that. So first personal branding uh, tip is to build a body of work. Now, you, I know a lot of people listening, and myself included once upon a time, feel like they don't have a lot to say or that they don't know enough to speak on whatever topic it is. And that's not true because what's, what's interesting is, I think it's called the um, Dunning-Kruger effect, um, something, something like that. And basically it's a graph that says that when you start out, when you start learning about something, your actual um, education, what you know is here, but what you think you know is, is here, right? So what you really know versus what you actually know, difference. And then the people that feel like they know a lot, feel like they know a lot, their perception of themselves is here, but they actually know very little. So if you're the inverse and you feel like you don't know a lot, you actually probably know a lot. And it's because you know a lot that you understand how much, there, how much left there is for you to learn. So you have that gap in your mind where I know how much is out there versus how much I know and there's a big gap. But what you're forgetting is that the stuff that you do know, everyone else doesn't know. No one, no one spent the time learning about social media for restaurants. No one spent the time, in a least case, learning about job hunting and unconventional tactics, right? People have, you've spent a lot, of, a lot of your life learning how to do X, Y, Z thing that someone else hasn't. And if they're learning for the first time, think about, like for you, for, for shooting a burger or shooting a pizza at Tonino's, the first, the very, very first time you were learning how to do that. You probably had no idea about exposure or like the light bouncing off the cheese and then making the whole shot too white. You didn't know about that, right? And it took you time and experience to get that learning to do that. So if you're hesitant about starting a personal brand because you feel like you don't know enough, you do. You know way more than you think you know. And you might not be the expert, but you're an expert. That piece of advice I got from a mentor, that piece of advice really changed my perspective on how much I really know, how much value I can provide too. So if you're hesitant about uh, putting out a body of work, know that you do know enough to start teaching people. And a good place, a good first couple of pieces of content to start is think back to the pieces of content that you read or you digested through video or whatever that helped you get to where you are today. Go back to those or go back to that point in your life and kind of remaster those. Remix those pieces of fundamentals that you learned with and put, put your new experiences and learnings on top of those. That is going to help the new version of you that comes out in 2020. So that's, that's the first place that I would start. The second thing to mention too is the whole social part. Because we are all at home, and I know Mahfouz is a huge fan of this as well, it's way easier to reach out to people that normally wouldn't have been accessible because they're at home, they've got time to chat now too. And the way you can do this effectively is to come in with social proof. Now, when you're starting out, your social proof might be very small because maybe you haven't done 
a lot of gigs. Maybe you don't have a lot of speaking gigs behind you. Maybe you don't have a lot of clients. Maybe your portfolio is small, but you can build your portfolio by a, not just, not just building content, but also cu curating your thoughts. Your Instagram, your Twitter, your LinkedIn for that matter can be a mood board of sorts. Think of, think, think of social media as like Pinterest. Like you're going around the web, you're taking these little bits of pieces because you want, and, and you're collecting the basket because when someone looks at you, you want to show them like, yo, this is what I'm about. When you go on my page, you know that I'm about hip hop, about Big Sean, about Jay-Z there. You know I'm about uh, culture. I talk about basketball there. You know I'm about uh, work ethic, leadership, and building business and all that. Your social media accounts are your landing page for who you are. So you got to go out and collect that stuff. So when you go and hit up, when you go hit up uh, some CEO or a leader or whoever you want to talk to, they can look at you and, and at a glance, know this kid, this person, they're about this and that. And make sure you come in with a very specific ask to make sure you come in with some sort of intent because sure they have time, but they still value their time. They could be spending the time with their kids and be spending time building the business further. Give them a reason to talk to you. That reason might be that, Hey, I saw that you're in this industry and right now you guys are responding to COVID this, this, this way. Here's something I found that might, that might be useful for you, or here's an idea on how you can adapt to the situation. So make sure that you're putting the other person first too. And make sure that you have something that speaks to who you are as well. Yo, man, you said some amazing things there. And I actually wrote them down because I'm like, I don't want to miss out on that. So in terms of just like we were talking about just social media and personal branding, it's so exciting because, and you said this before, we've given five, we, right now we're in our fifth week. We've given time, uninterrupted time. And um, yep. I know there's a quote and I always butcher this quote, but it was just like, go into hiding for the next six months and come out. Yeah. Whatever. So you understand that quote. And I hope most people listening know what I'm talking about, but same idea. Now we've been given this time. We don't know when it's going to end. Just imagine every single day learning something new or just strengthening your skills in whatever you are interested in. Um, and I know you were saying like a lot of people don't have that portfolio. A lot of people don't have that proof that of that stuff, but this is yeah. your time to create it. I love yep. what you said about mood boards. Um, that is such a true thing. And people don't realize that what they portray on their social media is who they are, who, what they represent. And that's why a lot of people um, in the workforce, when they apply places, companies search up their social media. And um, I know I've been warned so many times before, like, don't swear <laughs> do this. You're creating a personal brand. And it's really, it's, it's so true. Like what you post on there is what uh, you represent You're known for. a quick story is before like i really thought about building this mr social east brand like i was a, mm -hmm. i enjoyed partying i enjoyed going out for drinks this is this and i was posting that on my page and a mistake i did was i was went out drinking one night and the next day i met with a client and all the client wanted to talk about was my oh, no. night out drinking and <laughs> It ended up making me lose a client because it looked just looked unprofessional. One, it made me seem as if like I didn't really not care about him, but like he knew I wasn't at my 100 because I was out drinking last night. Right, so, right. Um, just to sum that up is like really what you portray on there, what you put post on your social media really represents who you are. And it can also open the door for many opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, I know for myself um, with the background I have in restaurant marketing, just in social media and digital marketing, I've been offered so many job opportunities. I've been offered so many collaborations because of what I do on my social media. And that 
And once upon a time, that wouldn't have been a thing. They would have asked for my degree in school and they would have yeah. my experience <laughs> at work. And it's so crazy now. Like for me, like I don't have a, a university degree. And I was actually a dropout. I went to U of T for two years nice. and dropping out. Um, and that was, again, something I would, if I could go back now, I'd probably finish it. But it just shows like how, I'm not saying that you don't need school, but like it just shows that like your social media has such a strong, it, I'm not saying it trumps school because school is still number one, but <clears throat> competing there. And I've built yeah. a personal brand where people recognize that stuff. Same yeah. reason why you're on this podcast. Like I said, I, I was so strategic in how I wanted to do this podcast, how I wanted, who I wanted on it. And what, besides the endorsements you got from a few people, I, the first thing I did was looked at your social media and right away it sold me that I'm like, I have to have you on because of the messages that you portray on your social media, mm -hmm. um, what you are all about on there. One thing that grabbed my attention, and this is something that I want to talk about, is how invested you are in Branton. I thought I was invested when I, before I knew you, I thought I was invested. A little background with me is like, I started this whole restaurant marketing because there were so many cool restaurants in Brampton, so many amazing restaurants that people didn't know about. And that's how it all started. Um, but when that started, I started doing more stuff with Brampton, working with uh, the city of Brampton with some stuff. Um, last year, I got nom or I was a recipient of Brampton's top 40, under 40. And so I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be the social media mayor of Brampton. Then I see your <laughs> account and I'm like, never mind, dude. I'm like, I see I've seen all the stuff you do and you're just a community ambassador. And I recently switched up my Instagram name from uh, Brampton food blogger to community ambassador, because that's where I'm, I want to go. And looking at your page, you you're already there. You're at the top of mind for that stuff. So maybe speak a little bit, let people know, because a lot of my following is Brampton. So mm -hmm. let people know like what you've done with Brampton and how you've helped make this city rise up. All right, this, this is a story. So, <laughs> so we all know those guys on Twitter and Instagram that are from Branton. They're from Branton, they're from Caledon, Orangeville, Guelph. But we all know that when they put Toronto in their bios, they're lying, right? They don't, they don't want to claim the city. They don't want to claim that they're from Branton. They're ashamed of it. They, they'd rather, you know, claim a big, shiny, shiny lights city next door, Toronto. Or even worse, if they're a little bit more insecure, they'll, they'll claim Mississauga, right? I, I'm the opposite. Believe it or not, I don't, know, I don't know if you found this in your research, but I'm actually from Toronto. I'm from Toronto. I'm the rare case of a Toronto man coming to Brampton and then claiming Brampton way more than he claims Toronto. So I moved to Brampton seven years ago, um, did, my, did my last year of high school here, and then I've been here ever since. And... Brampton, I, I've built the best friendships in Brampton. The friends that I've built here, like these are my for life friends. You know, our parents with each other, they all hang out, they all talk, all that stuff. I've built a business in Brampton. I've built all of these connections in Brampton. I really, I always say that I was, I was uh, raised in Toronto, but I was built in Brampton. Um, and I look at Brampton sort of like where Apple was when Apple first started, whatever, how many years ago, how many decades ago, when Apple first started, it was this tiny gem that no one knew about. And if they did know about it, they casted it off. They didn't think too much of it. They laughed at it. They're like, oh, it's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's that place. We don't go to that side of town. There's one hilarious meme from a while ago. 
the Lion King meme with uh, Mufasa and Simba on like the cliff. If you know Lion King, you don't see him talking about with like the sun rising. And then out in, out in the distance, there's like a dark area. And they're like, and Simba's like, dad, what's that? And uh, Mufasa, no, Mufasa not his dad. I forget his, what his dad's name. Yeah. But the Lion King at the time. Yeah, it's Mufasa. Is it Mufasa? Yeah. Mufasa sounds like an evil name. That's yeah, not well, that's, you know. Gets you tripped up. So I actually, just quick thing is, I actually brought up um, Lion King recently, and I was like, Mufasa sounds evil, but Scar is the uncle, the bad guy. So it was so weird. I was like, <laughs> I was playing myself. I'm like, I think Mufasa is right? the bad guy, but it sounds funny, but. Yeah. Anyway, so, so Simba asks, oh, what's that dark place? And Mufasa responds, in the meme, Mufasa responds, oh, that's Brampton. We don't go there. It's hilarious, right? But that's perception of Brampton. And when I came in, I saw what Brampton was. And even now, working with the city and all the things that we do in the innovation, technology, and entrepreneurial space, we see that Brampton has all the, here's a cooking, here's a cooking metaphor for you. Brampton has all the ingredients. We have more ingredients than a lot of other cities in our in our kind of area do, like Cambridge, uh, London, Oakville. We have all the ingredients that a lot of these places are missing. Now for Brampton, it's great that we have all this, but we just gotta figure out the right recipe to cook it up, man. We just gotta cook it up. And for Brampton now, I see us at this ground level, kind of where Apple was. And the people who get it now, people who leverage Brampton, help build it up, they're the ones that, that are gonna reap the rewards once, once Brampton comes up here, because it's inevitable, right? So that's my view on Brampton, man. And I've in in the place that I've been in, uh, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of youth, mentor them, uh, work with a lot of different startups, give them advice on growing. And I always, and it definitely breaks my heart when I work with uh, amazing youth, creative youth, and they and when I ask them um, where they're going after high school, where they're going for college, university, it always breaks my heart when they say, "Oh, I'm going to Waterloo, I'm going to U of T in Toronto, I'm going to New York." And then ask them what's the plan afterwards, and they and they always respond with, "Oh, I'm staying in Toronto. I'm staying in New York." And I tell them, "Like, yo, if you leave the city, who who's gonna build it?" My belief is that you've got to build the city that you want to see because if you and I, if if we leave it to the older generations, people that don't look like us, to build it, it's gonna be something that serves them. But if we don't step up, if we don't raise our hands, if we don't have our voices heard, it's never going to be the kind of city that we want to see. And we know that our friends, our families, our kids in the future, we know it's not going to be a place for them if we don't step up and build it. So that's my philosophy on Brampton. That's my belief of where it is and what it's going to be. And I, I really think Brampton's got all the ingredients to be a major, major player in, in the next couple of decades, too. And if we're not stepping up to build it, then we're going to be left in the dust saying, I wish. Amazing. Um, wow, I'm like stumped for words. I think that was an amazing way to... I'm not, I'm not running for mayor, by the way. That's not on my agenda. <laughs> Never going to happen. I, it literally sounded like you were about to be like, hey guys, 2022, I am running <laughs> for Mayor Branton. But that was, that was amazing. And I think that's so true. I think that um, even for myself, um, I grew up in Brampton. I was here since I was like seven, eight years old. And um i rep brampton so i rep brampton heavy and i wear their merch and i just wear whatever merch i get brampton wise and i have so many friends that are like yo you're so embarrassing like this this, this. <laughs> i'm just like man you live here too and embrace it i think one thing about brampton what i absolutely love and i did some work in toronto too and i've noticed a difference where uh competition i feel like yeah. The competition, there's so much competition in Toronto one and and that's because everyone wants to go there. They think big city, big dreams, big money, this, this, this. 
and yeah. you built a successful business in Brampton. You built, built huge connections in Brampton. And I think um, with competition, uh, speaking about competition is Brampton, I, I find myself, or maybe it's just the attitude I have, but everyone wants to work with each other in Brampton and mm-hmm. not against each other. And I think mm-hmm. all, all these neighboring cities, there's so much competition and pe- it's doggy dog world. And I think um, maybe it's because the stigma people have on Brampton and six buzz always bashing Brampton. Oh. Uh, trust me. And so I went to, uh, I was recently a judge at a cooking competition in Toronto and they introduced me by saying, uh, Mr. Socially is blah, blah, blah top 40 under 40 in Brampton and every literally the whole crowd started laughing and they were they didn't boo me but they were like ha ha and the, even the yeah. whole was like he cracked a joke about Brampton and when I spoke I was like man like I'm like yo I rep hard for my city bro like this is it and there's so much one talent there's so much um, opportunities mm-hmm. here and look man Brampton's resume right now is undeniable like look director x Alessia Cara um Michael Sarah um what's it called there's we got more rappers coming oh, out too wonder girl wonder girl right Tory like, Lanes, right Tory Lanes. Tory, Tory, he went to my school Tory Lanes yeah. went to my school for y'all those guys are blowing up man we've got um the, the guys from Coop, the tech startup uh Karen Wally and Sobe Wally like Brampton's list of accomplishments Brampton's Brampton's output of winners on a global stage is undeniable like if you're laughing at Brampton right now you're gonna be laughing you're gonna be the laughing stock in a couple of years man like you're just behind you're an old head like you're not catching up man no for sure and i think even myself like and that's why i started this whole thing mr social elites grew so quickly because one there was no bloggers in brampton i was like i was looking when i did my research before creating this we were looking at it and it was like why is there's so many good restaurants there's no bloggers there's no one that's highlighting the amazing restaurants in the city and it started Mm -hmm. off with just highlighting restaurants and now we've come to a point where it's like and I need to appreciate all the businesses here. I have a platform that's so local that I need to start appreciating mm-hmm. not just the businesses, but the people within it. And I think that's where this podcast really, um, like, cook, like cooking it up and thinking about it, I was like, this is something that I need to do because I've highlighted restaurants. I've started to highlight other businesses. It's time to highlight amazing individuals in the city that are doing stuff. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for Brampton. And when I saw that, on your profile, even my girl Eng and I were talking and we were just like, that is going to be a huge talking point. And I'm like, <laughs> I can definitely dig deep into that. And even Mafuz had mentioned it. That was one of my, uh, my guys that I went to to get some info on you. And he said he's a huge advocate for Brandon and just rising and raising the culture there. So that was something that is, is great to hear. In terms of, and I'm just totally jumping to this next part, but I want to really pick your brain about not just how things have uh, you've already told us like it hasn't really affected you but maybe on a bigger scale and not just thinking about yourself just what have you learned or what should people learn from this situation I guess to maybe change the way they do things moving forward Mm -hmm. people have called this period that we're that we're in right now a black swan event and a black swan event from what i understand is an event that is hard to predict like this uh comes out of nowhere and exposes a lot of fragilities in both people organizations and the way society functions at large and right now obviously we're seeing unfortunately a lot of people have been, have been laid off 
uh, from certain types of work. We're seeing a lot of companies that have been shut down because they don't have the proper infrastructure in place to survive in a digital only world. And we're seeing a lot of people scramble to reskill and upskill into what's relevant today. So we always, it's, it's like being remote, being digital, having tech skills, having digital literacy was always the elephant in the room. And we never acknowledged it until this time. So people are really struggling on those ends too. And, and I think a couple of things that have come out of this is one, people are realizing that I've got a, so the, the whole product mix thing is really interesting to me because a lot of companies that have been, have been just relying on in-person stuff or uh, physical products, those have been hit the most. And cafes and coffee shops are a good example of that because they only had, you know, people always say like you need to have multiple sources of income to stay afloat and to, and to grow your wealth. The same is true for your revenue and your product mixes too. If you only have one type of product and that brings you one stream of revenue, you're super volatile. It's like having a chair with one leg. If you tilt it over, it's gonna fall very easily. But if you have a chair with three legs, two legs, four legs, it's way more stable. The same thing applies to your product mix too. If you have a product mix that has physical products and digital products, if one of them gives out, you can rely on the other. And if one of them gives out a certain time, you can take those resources that you would have spent investing those and reallocate them into investing in the digital places too. So that's something that companies should have been doing for a long time because events like these are, are unpredictable. It's the same reason you have insurance because you, you don't know when accidents are gonna happen. Accidents are called accidents, they're not called on purposes, right? So if you haven't built that product mix, now is a good time if, if you're shut down, if you're closed, to start building those product mixes or start to think about what will my shelf of products look like? What will they be responsible for? And what's my investment in them, both time-wise, location-wise, and other resource-wise. If one of them gives out, can I reallocate those resources into another place? And how will that grow to serve me when that one gives out too? So it's a really good time to think about your product mix. And it's also a very good time to start building systems and processes that can work for you. Restaurants, uh, businesses, retail shops that typically relied on in-person traffic, uh, foot traffic, in-person, that's given out, right? Um, but if you can think about ways that I can, that you can make yourself 24 seven or 365, that's going to keep serving you while you're not there. And now is a good time to start thinking about that. So a good way to start approaching that is to think about what can I build once? What product can I build? What process can I build once that I can sell multiple times over and over again with small iterations, right? So building the systems and processes that can work for you while you're not as involved it's going to serve you in the long run too. And if something like this happens again in the next 10, 12, 20 years, then you'll be better prepared for that. Wow. Amazing. Um, I think that we had discussed this before about having time and what I think as business owners, the ones that are struggling right now, these are some great takeaways for them to really apply to their business. Because again, that's something that it, it was always in the back of our heads, but we're like, Hey, yeah. I have, focus on my day-to-day -day. I have to focus on this I have to focus on what's bringing me in money right now right the scary reality is that the things that were bringing them money and just stopped and again it was essentially an accident it's not something yeah. that happened on purpose yeah, no but, but that could happen anytime it, it couldn't have been COVID it could have been you got hit by a bus it could have been that someone robbed you it could have been that a really great competitor came out like a, a COVID type thing could happen anytime, anywhere, any place. So yeah, focusing on day-to-day -day is obligatory. You have to, 
But that wrap-up piece that I mentioned earlier to your day, that wrap-up piece for the day should also ask you, what are you doing? What are, what are the big picture items that you need to think about that you need to keep in mind? Because if they're not on top of, on top of mind for you, when something like this happens, you're gonna be wishing like, yo, I spent, I wish I spent more time on, on that thing. Yeah, and it's crazy that it takes a pandemic like this for people to realize this stuff, or at least maybe after listening to this, realize it and apply it to their businesses. For the people that don't own businesses, for the people that have their nine to fives and they are just transitioning out to working from home and just basically um, adapting to this, um, mm -hmm. what is something that maybe you could kind of shed some light on how they should what they should do be like moving forward. So like something that I thought of and it was just being more financially smart and just more yeah. responsible. Um, something that I didn't do and obviously now I regret it is having an emergency fund. Uh, yeah. I never, I was like, you know what, business going good, uh, steady income. We have clients on contract, that's it. And we're just gonna <laughs> keep going. And now emergency, now, now the things like this happen and it's like, okay, now what am I gonna do for the next, three to six months and instead of stressing and tr pushing out whatever you can like having that emergency fund is just that assurance that you know what i'm going to be okay for the next three months i can be a little more calm and have a more calm approach to getting things yep. done so um for people that one may have lost their job or for people that are just uh adapting to working from home maybe something that they could uh, at least if you could shed light on something that they haven't realized that and maybe what they could learn from this experience and change moving forward so for those people us included right we're, we're not exempt from 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 that group for everyone it sucks to hear this but this is going to happen again it's, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when i guarantee in our lifetime we're going to see this at least one more time hopefully two if we live long enough um, this is going to happen again so take this time to really prep, prep yourself and learn the lessons of this time and know that when this happens again in, in 10, 12, 20 years, you're ready. So you mentioned a couple of things in there, the whole having an emergency fund, being out of money. Um, what, what I heard too was understanding where you lie, what your skills do too, because a lot of people that might've gotten laid off were in industries that honestly weren't, weren't ready for 2020 and for, for the future uh, centuries. If those industry, if those jobs had to lay you off, they're not forward thinking, they're not future thinking because their whole nature is dependent on being in person or, or having people around you or that physical part of it too. So understand it helps to look at yourself as a, as a person, it helps to look at yourself as a business too. What skills do I possess? Where am I, where am I at risk of being displaced or replaced too? It's very important to have not just, it's very important to have a portfolio of skills also, again, to look at your portfolio of skills as a product mix, right? Like if I can't, if I can't um, be a cashier, for example, anymore because because shoppers is closed, then what other skills do I have that I can put into other industries or other markets, right? So this is a good time to again develop those skills and widen your portfolio, but also recognize out of those portfolios, again, what's my mix? What's my percentage of depth in those skills? If I'm being a cashier, I might not have to spend as much of my percentage, my resources on this skill as I might want to spend on writing online. I might not, I might not spend as much on writing online as I spend on learning how to tell stories or strategy on social media or even accounting, for example. And it's good in that product mix to also think about 
you know, in content, we talk about evergreen content. In products, it's the same thing too. What sort of products can you start building? What sort of skills can you start building that will always be in demand or in demand of some sort? Writing is a really good example of that because no matter what social media you're doing, Instagram, TikTok, Medium, LinkedIn, those all at the core start with writing. Let me give you, let me use TikTok as an example because TikTok is the furthest from writing, right? You barely see captions there. But how it's related to writing is because when you have an idea for a TikTok, when you're thinking about the story you want to tell, that story itself, you're thinking about that in your head in words. That's writing, that's comprehension, that's inference. If you can strengthen your skill of writing, you're strengthening your skill of thinking. If you're strengthening both the skills at the same time, you're learning how to tell better stories that translate to the mediums that you're telling them in. TikTok video, 15, 30, 60 second video, that's just one medium of telling a story. I can still take a piece of content that I, that I took and turn it into a video that can go on TikTok. That's always gonna come back to writing. So if you think back to those skills that will always be in demand, that can be evergreen or, or remixed to be distributed in other different fashions, you as a person will never go out of business because you've got skills that will always be in demand. It also really helps to understand what sort of soft skills do I need to take my regular skills that I have right now into the next level? Something that I mentioned earlier was the fact that you know way more than you, than you think you know, and you have more skills than you think you know too. During this time, it helps to take inventory of those skills and understand where can I apply these skills where they'll be utilized the most. An example of this is, do you remember the Dilbert comics? No. Oh, uh, no? So Dilbert was this, uh, this comic strip. Um, they had a newspapers and all that. I think you still find it online. It's not that old. I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> I was going to say, um, no help. <laughs> <laughs> but Dilbert was basically this satire, satirical comic uh, that was written about the workplace. It was, it was like the comic form of The Office before The Office came out. So the author of that, he was in an interesting place. He worked in an office. He worked in a mundane, regular nine-to-five job but he had the skill of uh, comedy and illustration. And he saw that there were a lot of cool, funny comics about lots of different things, relationships, uh, daily life, all that. But there was, no, there was no one with his skills in this area of the office, of, of business. So if you can look at your skills and go where these skills aren't being utilized in certain sectors, you'll really grow there. You don't have to compete in crowded markets. You don't have to be the best. Um, person doing the same thing as everybody else. You can take the skills that you have and go to a new land and plot a tree there. Something I'm, that I'm a huge fan of is uh, Peter Thiel's zero to one concept. And basically the thesis of that entire book is not to compete. So he elaborates on that ex by explaining that you cannot, you don't have to compete by, with people by going to somewhere where they're not. The first mover advantage, right? If you start going places where nobody else is yet, there's no one around to compete with. You can claim a stake in that land, you can grow it, and you have domain authority once everyone else comes in too. So you have the skills that you need to succeed. You just gotta realize what opportunities are there for me to take these skills to where no one else is right now. So there's a lot of that, there's a lot to unpack, but I think um, the core of that is to understand that you have what it takes to, to succeed in not just situations like this, but situations in the future too. But you need to realize that you need to position themselves in a way that is strategic and people aren't already in there. There's not a lot of traffic in there too. Amazing. Um, so, and I, I like, I love that whole reference you made about planting a seed where no one else did. And 
going back to just the Mr. Socialist brand and that's how we started is we're like, should we go to Toronto or yeah. just blend in with everyone or come out swinging in a place that didn't? And I think that's where a lot of uh, success happened was because we planted a seed in a place that no one planted a seed and just grew it um, significantly fast because of that. Um, and just to add on to just, uh, you're talking about soft skills, hard skills and things like that. It's, it's, it's interesting because now, like I said, we've had so much more time and this is the opportunity of a lifetime to just go to town on learning something. And it, mm-hmm. it could either be a new hobby. It could be things you used to enjoy that just yeah. time to do. I picked up guitar again. Amazing. I restringed this like last week. It's been collecting dust. Yeah. Well, it's just, and, and it's cool because I like the whole thing too, that you mentioned about copy and just writing and that was something I struggled with I was more on the creative side in the sense Mm -hmm. where I was doing photography videos I was just doing that end of it and I noticed and 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 this was through COVID-19 is I was like what am I weak at that others are are stronger than me at and like for me I like growing I like I'm not saying being the best, but I like being an expert. And yeah. I was like, I'm not an expert at blog writing. I'm not an expert at just writing. And I, I know uh, with my team, when I put out posts, I actually get them mm-hmm. reviewed by someone else because just the wording I use, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. So I recently down, downloaded Grammarly and I'm, <laughs> I've, been, I'm enjoying it, number one. I just absolutely love that. And I'm actually, like, I was going to do it today to buy the premium. Yeah. Because it just oh wow yeah it really helps and especially for someone that isn't as good as writing as others in my field I feel like Grammarly will really help me elevate my content um, the thing yeah. said with TikTok and just thinking about ideas those are words in your head and it's so true everything comes from text from writing things out um, when something we, something I learned uh, a few weeks ago was that if you you try you should actually try this whenever you go out whenever you're on the web your brain automatically reads everything you can't stop yourself if you see a sign if like my, i'm looking at whiteboard right now it says buckets school city dxm like you your brain cannot help but read anything you can't you can't stop that you're always reading so that's always working like if you have the skill of writing reading comprehension and you and you elevate it it's going to do wonders for you man and what I like about the whole Grammarly thing, it sounds like you're investing in yourself right now and you're optimizing who you are. And yeah, like I said, I'm taking this opportunity now where, and you said it so well, it's uninterrupted time where most of the world is at a standstill and most mm-hmm. of the world have their fingers crossed and are praying and waiting for this time to pass. So people that are listening, are you going to be the ones that sit there and wait for this is over or are you going to be the ones that take advantage of this Um, sometimes in life we start slow but as long as you finish fast I think is what really matters Um, there's so many people like that start businesses in their their 40s and 50s and um, thinking about it and just in general it's like oh I'm so old there's no way I can be successful but like Mm -hmm people that have killed it in their older years, for instance. And this is some of that I use as examples, like Ellen DeGeneres. Like, yeah. I didn't hear about her until she was like 55 or something like that. So yeah. 
um, her. There's, there's so many of that. So many, but I that was when yeah. I actually went to her uh, event that she did in Toronto. So she had mentioned that where success comes at any age, and I think a lot of us start slow. And even for uh, ourselves, I, by the way, how old are you? So I'm turning 25 this year, but okay, it's, wow. it's it's great that you it's great that you bring this up because you know I, I recognize not not sounding conceited, I'm not saying this like through a cocky conceited lens at all, but I recognize that I am ahead of a lot of my peers. Um, I've definitely gone gone further than than them. I've had a lot more opportunities, um, all that stuff. But I also know a, a couple things. I know that one, they're going to catch up eventually if I don't keep doing what got me here. But two, I know y you as well, like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for not being, even though we, we've had all this success, quote unquote, we still put pressure on ourselves for not being where we thought we were going to be or where we know we can be. And, you know, you mentioned Ellen, like I always think about Howard Schultz, uh, Starbucks, um, Disney, Oprah, and even the entrepreneurs that I get to work with day in and day out. Like, and, and a pattern I've noticed in them is that the best entrepreneurs who are making the most impact where it matters are older. And I, I, my reason, what I think is the proof for that is because they've literally just lived longer to have more experiences, to know how they work and what problems they need the most solving too. I am so, so, so excited to get older and, and to get into like my later 20s and like when I'm 30 and all that because I can't wait to see who I'm going to be. You know, if, if all, everything goes well and I, and I keep moving the way I am and get better and all that and I keep learning and all that, I know that I'm going to kill it. When, like, I can't wait to be 30. I can't wait to be 40 because I'm just imagining like myself with like a with like a salt and gray beard with like stacks of cash, like doing incredible things, impacting lives and changing them and helping all of them grow too. So I'm excited to get old, man, because I know that when that time comes, I'm going to be doing way more things because I'm going to be way smarter. Whenever anything bad happens now, whenever, whenever, I got, whenever I get punched in the face or I have to have an uncomfortable conversation or I'm in a new awkward spot that I don't know how to handle, sure, it sucks now. And I'm like, yo, I don't want to do this. I don't want to face it. But I know that the more of these that I have now, the bigger repertoire of like learnings I have to pull on when I'm 60. If I can have more of these like L's and, and play times that I messed up, I'll have a bigger library of lessons to pull on when I'm 60. Like nothing, I'm going to be a gangster when I'm 60, man. Nothing will phase me. Like my kid will come up and say like, oh, dad, I did X, Y, Z. And he'll be, he'll be like too scared to tell me. I'm be like, oh, that's nothing. I saw that happen then. Or like, you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll be talking about like, oh, we saw this kid in his 20s doing this. And we'll be like, and we'll be laughing because we'll remember like when that happened to us, and how we responded to it too. So. I can't wait to go get older. I have so much to say about this. And, <laughs> and it's, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend recently about just COVID-19 and how it's affected business. And he was going from crushing business to right now just trying to survive. And the thing was, I'm like, man, you understand that it's not just you going through this. It's something that we're all going through. But just remember the path you're on and how ahead you are compared yep. to not your peers, but people around your age. I'm mm -hmm. like, just imagine when we're 30. So I'm 26, but I'm like, imagine when we're like 35. Imagine when we're 40, yep. like how much one wisdom we have, how much experience we're going to and, and just the level of growth we're going to experience in this next 10 years. Yeah, It's exciting. And I, for everyone that's listening, um, it's never too late to start. And the best time to start is now. And 
this is the like I said perfect opportunity because like the world is at a standstill so are you coming out winning or are you coming out the same essentially mm -hmm. as it is and it's just it's it's so exciting to see hear you say that about just being able to want to grow up and for me like one thing i'm addicted to is growth i love growth i and i remember i it's unfortunate that people can't see that now but they've seen it in other episodes remember i was telling you about my whiteboards that i yep. have and i instead of using an actual whiteboard where you can erase it and all that i use bristol board the reason i use bristol board is because i want to go back a year from now and look at that old bristol board and be like i wonder like, I wonder what I put down, because I'm probably going to forget in a year what I had as my to-do list and my goals for 2020. Mm -hmm. I want to go back like five years, 10 years and be like, look at this growth. Like, I'm like, that's why I said I'm addicted to that growth. I want to just be better, do better and just yep. advance in my area. So a lot of it uh, comes down to one, just having that courage to be exceptional, having that courage to stand out. I think right now, and, and this is no offense to anyone at all, but we live in a mediocre society where people are just happy to be who they are. And I've, it's, I see it so much within my friend group and some family members and just people around that I maybe even follow on social media that they're just happy who they are and there's no growth and it's just the same. And again, it's not a bad thing. Everyone is designed differently, but I think having something to really just focus on number one and just develop and just um essentially like it's building towards something better being better every single day so um like after all i've been through basically i don't want to just fit in i don't want to just be able to say i lived a life i want to be able yeah. to say that i came out swinging i achieved my dreams i did what i wanted to do and i've tried everything so yeah, I, I journal a lot. Um, I'm a huge fan of writing, obviously, and I've been journaling probably for if 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 not a decade, almost a decade. Um, and something I something I've gotten into the habit of writing at the at the front of my journal on the front on the first page is I always write. The goal is to not be able to recognize yourself at the end of the year, in the best way, like the Astawa at January twenty first should be very different from the Astawa in December 2020. Yeah. Right? Like those guys, those two dudes should be completely different from each other. Amazing. Is that such an easy way to put it? It's just, who are you in the beginning of the year? Who you are at the end of the year? Um, and it's funny because growing up, and when I say growing up, like my teen years, there was a moment where I realized, and I've said this in a previous podcast, where we had met a group of people at a bar and obviously we hit it off with them and they started becoming like, like just social media friends, you know, we have those ones. And we ended up saying, hey, let's meet up at the bar again. And uh, it was actually a year since we met up the first time and we met up again. And we were talking like, hey, what's new? And like, nothing was new in my life. <laughs> and I think it was just because like I was, just enjoying life and I was like gonna keep doing the same thing every single day boom 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 and one year yeah. goes by nothing changed and I think that was a moment where I was like I need to change my life for the better like I don't want to be 30 years old and saying hey we're doing the same thing we were doing at 19 we're still partying this 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 and not to sound like a Nazi about partying <laughs> like oh, I still enjoy myself I think I, I celebrate harder now if anything and that's because of how much work I put in and how much 
um, how, how much happier I am and just feel how the feeling of being more accomplished within the things I do. So mm -hmm. it sounds like we're just about to drop some like heavy um, quotes and things like that. And <laughs> it, it's, I know that's something you're huge on. So uh, share something with us. I've seen your social oh, media. It's just, it's you just asked me to freestyle quote, off, off the top. Freestyle, freestyle <laughs> quotes. You're, you're, you're invested in, you said sports in music. I see you post a lot about work ethic and that hustle mentality mm -hmm. and just being the best version of yourselves and things like that. Drop a, drop a quote on us. I'm going to put oh, you on the spot for a moment <laughs> and let you think. Look, man, you owe it to yourself. At the end of the day, you owe it to yourself. No one else is responsible for your growth. If you're in the same place today that you were, if, if you're in the same place at the end of this, if you're the same place at the end of 2020 and 10 years as you are today, then that's your fault. And I think that extreme accountability is what sets people apart from being great and from being mediocre, like you said, like understanding that life is what you make it. Like, I know, I know it's super simple and it's a cliche, but it's the truest thing, man. Like, I could have easily not been who I am here today with, with what I have and what I've done. I, that could have easily been me. I had every opportunity to be a classic Branson man. And, and you know, I've got, I've got the beard and stuff too, so I, I'm, I'm halfway there. It's just as easy to be a loser as it is to be great. Same amount of energy, same effort. It's just about where you, energy is a resource. Your energy and your time is a resource. And it's up to you where you allocate it to. You have this finite amount of time. You have this finite amount of energy. And you can either put it in one bucket, being a loser, being a waste man, or you can put it into being great and doing something that's going to benefit for you for the rest of your life. And for me, like the biggest driving fact, like you mentioned, you know, a turning point for you was when you, even when you met up with those same people at the bar a year later, and you had been in the same place that you were when you met them, nothing was new. For me, I never, I've had a, I've had a lot of small moments, but I've never, I can't point out any one big moment and be like, that was the shit for me. For me, though, the two drivers that have always been in my, been in my life is one, the drive to be free, both financially, uh, time-wise, and location-wise. I don't want to ever be tied uh, to anywhere for a paycheck. I don't want to be, I don't want anyone to have control of my time. And I don't want to have to be in a certain coordinate just because I have to be because someone else told me to. These aren't things that I have right now, but those are things that I'm always working towards and I know those are the goal. The second thing that's always been driving force for me is the fact that I understand what has to what had to be sacrificed for me to get here. I didn't just like plop onto this plot of land in Branton like this. Like I knew what my parents had to give up to, to be here today. I knew what sacrifices they had to make, what, what their parents had to make, what everyone else around us had to do for me to be here. And for me to let that go to waste by being a waste man, like that's disrespectful. I think, I think if you're really grateful, you're gonna show it through your actions. I, th I think that's that immigrant mentality where it's like, yeah, um, and same thing with me, like one of my biggest things, and I tell my parents this all the time because entrepreneurs, we struggle in the beginning years. It's, it's a struggle and I still struggle up to this day and some stuff. And I tell my parents all the time, I'm like, I am your long-term investment. I'm like, you think your house is your long-term investment? I am that driving factor for you because in the next 10 years, you guys will be able to travel wherever you want. You can live with me. You could do whatever you want. And I think that is my biggest drive is just one, retiring my parents and letting them live the life that I 
know they deserve essentially yeah, so man, I, I know i know the life that they gave up for me to come here like they had it made man um i'm from i'm from Bangladesh, and my the airline there be my airlines my dad was a director of finance there so top dog right um and they had it made anything they wanted press a button it'll, it'll get there you travel the world my mom would go on crazy shopping sprees all the time they'll wake up in different hotels um with like a range rover waiting outside to show for them around I knew what they gave up and for me to be here, I, I can't have that on my mind and sit around Netflixing all day. I can't have that on my mind and be less than like, come on, if they, if they invested this much into me, trust me. And also like I, I've seen, like, I, I just went back to Bangladesh uh, last year, my first time back in 12 years. So my first time there, I was like as an adult, um and i see and i saw like what that country is like like it's 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 a developing nation and it's super super poor um and i and, I, and, and this kind of leads to failure for me too because a lot of times like and for anyone that's listening that's scared to start something you what you think is failure what you think is like the bottom is pretty cushy like if i were to fail if I, let's say i put out like 12 pieces of content and no one saw them, no one liked them, and it was garbage, and my, and my career blew up in flames. Let's say I did a keynote, and I completely stuttered the entire way through, throughout it, and I forgot all my words. Let's say I failed to deliver a deliverable for a client. Let's say, let's say any one of those three scenarios happened. The worst that's going to happen is that I lose that money, or my reputation is smeared, or I have to duck out for, I have to be offline for a little bit. That's not that bad, man. I could have a way worse. I could I could be in Bangladesh in the village. I could be on the street, like having to having to scavenge for water and food. That is that's the bottom. And as long as I'm not there, like I, I can be fearless. Like what do I got to lose? I love I love that I I love that thought. And just relating it back to COVID nineteen, it's and I I say this I've said this countless times. It's we all we're asked by the government is to stay, stay home. <laughs> Stay home, people. Anyone who's listening to this is not at home. Stay home. Like, we have not been asked to go to war. We have not, our lives are not in, like, a, a situation where our lives are, like, in danger. We're not short on food or water. Like, literally, the government said, stay home for two, four weeks, however long this will take, and things will get better. We will get back to normal, but the longer people are more like acting irresponsible and not socially distancing themselves mm -hmm. this will continuously happen um i absolutely love what you just said there and i want to kind of have that as our final kind of thoughts on this because i think a lot of people should really resonate with what you just said and i find that if we give too much value they're just going to forget <laughs> about the first five things we said um i have some final thoughts for you and this is just to see where your head is at and how you apply yourself is if okay. you knew coronavirus was coming how would you have prepared for it or what would you do to like offset some of the challenges you are now facing i realized that um because of this, I'm definitely going to be behind on my 2020 goals. Um, you know, goals of uh, being on different stages, like hitting those numbers, um, making a, making a certain amount of sales. Like I know that I'm probably not going to, I can get close to it, but I know I'm not going to blow it out of the water. And if I, if I knew this was happening, 
I would have prepared myself well. I would have started preparing myself near November or December of 2019. I really believe in whatever you do in the next 14 to 30 days sets you up for the next 60 and 90 days. So if I knew this was happening in three months from now, January, December, I would have started doing way more sales calls. I, started, I would have started doing way more content. I would have had a library built. So during this time, I would have already had, you know, we're okay, but I would have already had all that influx and I would have been able to like come out surfing this wave once it comes out too. And on the content end, I would have uh, had this whole library that I could have used this time to turn into podcasts and videos and webinars as well. So if I knew this was coming, I would have front loaded a lot of that work. So I could have just ridden that wave throughout this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the moment in the podcast where I like, again, I like, I'm not saying I like to put people on the spot, but this is that moment where I hand you a mic, the spotlight comes on you. And basically you have a minute to say whatever you like. You could talk about yourself. You could talk about what you're about to do, sell yourself. You could even talk about a sh like reassurances for people or maybe one more takeaway. Really the stage is yours. You are free to say whatever you like during this minute. Awesome, man. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for this. And I don't want to thank Alif because he had no part in this. <laughs> um, but no, we had a we had a good conversation. And I think there's a lot that I think we can take away. But I also do want to make sure that we're, we are being empathetic to people who aren't in this position. You know, it's unfortunate that a lot of people, like their whole livelihood has been uprooted by this. And I'm completely aware of that. I completely acknowledge, I completely acknowledge that. And for people like that, like, a lot of what we talked about is not your priority. It's, it's stay, stay on your feet, take care of yourself, stay healthy. We are in a global pandemic and it's okay to not be productive and not all that. But if you are fortunate enough, if you are privileged enough to be in a spot like us right now, if you've got the internet, if you've got food, if you've got water, you've got shelter, you've got some amount of money you can chill with for now. Again, you've got this uninterrupted period of time that you will never, ever, ever have. I mean, you'll have again, but super, super rarely, right? The whole world is kind of asleep right now. No one's making huge moves. No one's making big strides. There's not gonna be a lot of crazy innovation that comes out of this. So it's the perfect time for you to get ahead of everyone else too, by investing in yourself and investing in your future self too. You might not get this time again too. You might not get this time again. So make use of what you got right now. And if we uh, ended off on some self promo, of course, um, if you like what you heard today and you want to hear more of this guy talking about the things that he did, you can follow me on Instagram. That's at astawa.ca, A-S-T-A-W-A.ca, which also happens to be, to be my website for my blog, astawa.ca. So more of what you heard here will be turned into blog posts and all that throughout the coming weeks on astawa.ca. So Kuiper, thank you again so much for having me. And for your listeners, if you want to ask me questions or dig deeper into anything I spoke about today, my DMs are open. Awesome. Thank you so much. And just to add a final thought is anyone listening to this, uh, we added so much value, so many takeaways. The number thing, number one thing is just don't be too hard on yourself. Um, understand that we are in a weird situation. We're in weird times, but just optimize those opportunities. Asawa, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, thank you to everyone that tuned in for this episode. I highly recommend you connect with Asawa. Speak, speak about everything we spoke about today. Pick his brain about personal branding, um, how to optimize opportunities, talk about digital marketing, and just really talk about how to be the best version of yourself. I think if you look at his social media, you will just get inspired to do more. 
Um, I encourage you guys all to engage within the comments, our DMs, share this with your friends because I think a lot of people can get some really great gems from the conversation we had. Estawa doesn't get paid for this. I don't get paid for this. This is something we are doing just to give back, just to be involved in the conversation. Um, how you can pay it forward is simple. It's just by sharing this with someone that needs it. It's by learning what we had said in this podcast and applying it to your life, just being a better version of yourself. Until then, stay safe, take care of yourself and the ones around you, and we'll talk to you soon.